I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Georgia. This is my big idea in ASOS podcast. Today's guest is Danielle Pender, who is the founder and editor of Repost Magazine. This is Danielle's big idea. Hi everyone, so I'm here with the founder and editor-in-chief of Repost Magazine, Danielle Pender. Hello. Hi, okay. <laughs> I'm good, thanks. Thanks good. for having me. No worries. Um, so as well as being the founder of Repost Magazine, you're also curator at the KK Outlet, um, which is a gallery and communications agency in East London. Yes. Um, but did you have magazine experience before founding the magazine? Um, can you sort of like tell me a bit about your career history and how it led up to that moment? Yeah, um... So no, I hadn't worked in publishing or anything before I founded uh, Repost. I'd worked at KK for about five years and before that um, I was freelance and I used to curate exhibitions and work on festivals. Um, And after being at KK for about five years, they have a publishing arm, so they publish really weird photography books very odd things if anyone wants to have a look it's Cassis Kramer publishing mm-hmm. um, and yeah I kind of I've always been interested in magazines and with the KK publishing arm it just made me think that this was something that I wanted to explore a little bit more um, so I just sort of didn't know there wasn't a magazine that I necessarily wanted to go and work for so I just thought mm-hmm. and there was a sort of I, I saw a gap in the market in uh, women's media, so I just thought that I would try and make one, something that I would be interested in reading myself. Okay, cool. And sort of how did you like, practically go about that? What came first, sort of getting journalists that you were already in touch with or getting advertising, um, finding a graphic designer? What was sort of the bare bones of the, of the beginning? Um, well, I mean, yeah, to be honest, I didn't know what I was doing. I had no <laughs> clue. Um, I'd never put a magazine together before. But it was all really amazing experience. So it was it was a really slow process because I didn't know what I was doing. But mm-hmm. with the network that I'd built up over the five years at KK, we so I run the gallery there, um, and I'd done a lot of different exhibitions with illustrators, photographers, and then had been in touch with a lot of people, um, writers for like it's nice that mm-hmm. um, and dazed. Um, and so I just sort of pulled together the people whose work that I really admired and got together a sort of team of freelancers and contributors. Mm-hmm. And then um, I met Shaz Madani, who I do the magazine with. She's a, a graphic designer. Okay. And together we spent ages really mulling over what the magazine was, mm-hmm. what it wasn't, and just slowly but surely sort of put it together. And, and I think I was thinking back actually re- the other day... Um, I really didn't know what on earth I was doing and mm. at one point Charles was like we've only got photo shoots for like three of the articles and yeah. I thought I'd be nearly finished and that seems like such a basic thing but yeah. I just hadn't really thought about the visuals and the commissioning that much um, which is now obviously a massively integral part of the magazine yeah um, and so it's, what kind of areas does it cover it it does like art business politics sort of 
how do you and also it has like an, I love the way it's sort of set up into five ideas four meetings three features two essays and one icon um, how did you sort of come to that format and why did you want to cover all all areas yeah I think because I the with the um, the content with women's magazines I mean there's some I think it's changed a lot and I think there's some amazing um, women's titles on offer at the minute which I think is great I think anything that's an alternative to the mainstream women's media is brilliant mm-hmm. um, but at the time it just felt like women are apparently only interested in fashion beauty yeah. celebrities some sex quizzes yeah. and that's just <laughs> bullshit yeah. and I was reading a lot of more men's magazines and more um, like broader cultural magazines, art and design, mm-hmm. and it just felt like there wasn't anything that was aimed at women or by women or looked at women in those areas that pulled it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I wanted something that covered a broad range because I think I'm interested in loads of different things. I think a lot of women are. Um, we're not just interested in a few things. And then with the format, it was through research basically I sort of looked at how magazines um, formatted themselves yeah. and and the uh, I guess the sort of reader journey like how you ease your way into a magazine where the meaty bits are mm. and and worked out what would um, what uh, what repost should have like the, what kind of format we should follow and I think we've slightly changed it now because it started to feel a bit too rigid yeah. and actually so we used to have as you said five ideas four interviews three features two essays and one icon but the features and the essays they just felt a bit too long and a bit too intense Uh so we've changed that up with shorter funnier lighter slightly um, features which break it up a little bit so the design has been hugely celebrated and like you said that has been an integral part of what its identity is um, where were where was the concept behind that and how do you work from an editorial point of view with the graphic designer is it sort of a crossover of um, roles or is it very very separate um, yeah we work really closely together so as I said it's um, Shaz Madani is the girl that I work with she's amazing I'd really liked her work before we started working together and, and her point of view from the beginning was that it didn't need to have like any stylistic tricks. It didn't mm. need to be like really flashy. It should all of the commissions should be amazing and stand alone. So she, in terms of her job, it was mm. more of letting them speak for themselves. In in the same way that the magazine profiles women as human beings and yeah. like interesting people and lets their achievements speak for themselves. We don't yeah. sort of come at it from a really like gender specific angle so yeah. the magazine didn't feel like it needed to come from like a super highly designed angle mm-hmm. and then the way we work together yeah we sort of meet over beers quite a lot yes <laughs> and, the best uh, way <laughs> and we always have so at the minute we're just planning number seven so we've got a long list and I go and meet Shaz and I've got these ideas and she's like, nah, that's crap. <laughs> that's not very good. And then we whittle it down to a sort of overview of the different sections mm-hmm. and then we'll think about the commissions and which artists, which photographers, which illustrators and okay. then try and get a balance of photography and illustration um, and really try and like bring the stories to life through the artists that we work with. Mm-hmm. And we work with 
men, um, male contributors as well. But okay. on, the, on the whole, we try and look for like amazing female talent. Yeah, that's quite important. Mm-hmm. And who would you say is the sort of target audience you've sort of said about women generally? enjoying all of these things which for some reason hasn't been tapped into before but um it what kind of age group or anything like that i think from we've started doing monthly events which has been really good um we always have like parties for our launches and it's really nice to sort of meet the readers and get a gauge on what they're interested in Mm -hmm. and see who they are um so we've kind of and we've done a few reader surveys and they're mainly um, 25 okay. to say 40 okay. I think um, a lot of girls women who live in city centres yeah. who, who again are interested in a bunch of different things and yeah. there might be something really weird that in one of the issues that you're not interested in but there's hopefully like a handful of things that maybe you didn't know about and you're like oh that's really fascinating I'd never even yeah. heard of that or whatever yeah. that's the sort of aim that's interesting because it seems 25 to 40 seems like quite a large group but I guess when you're sort of presenting things like art and politics yeah there is no age group for that to sort of connect with people I guess exactly and I think it's kind of it's not ageless because we do yeah we do um commission pieces with certain age ranges in mind but again like when I was younger I used to read things that wouldn't necessarily have been aimed at me but I don't think that's I think everything's really fluid now, like yeah, age and gender and what people are into. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's as set. Yeah, as it used sort to of be. binary. Yeah. Um, so you're on the sixth issue at the moment, which is amazing. Um, the Claire Barrow cover was Thanks. so so gorgeous. <laughs> um, can you sort of talk me through how you think it's mainly grown from issue one to issue six? What, what the changes are and what you've kind of like kept the same throughout the process. Yeah. It's really funny. I look back at issue one and I'm like slightly embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone says that though, sort of like trial and error, the first like, one really, that you do. It makes us cringe and I'm really glad. We only printed a small amount and I'm glad that it's out of print now so that no one can see it. <laughs> Buried in a closet somewhere. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's changed. I mean, it hasn't changed and it has. Like, it's definitely each issue, me and Shaz again meet up and we talk about what has worked and what hasn't. Mm-hmm. And after each issue we're like oh my god that was terrible like yeah. that just didn't work and, and that, that's really good mm-hmm. and so we've like really honed in on like the writing styles um, the commissions yeah. I think the tone is has always remained the same like we want a broad range of fascinating brilliant badass women yeah and that's that's a constant but the sort of we've like finessed it definitely mm-hmm. and there's hopefully less spelling mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always a couple. Yeah. Um, what? Which is your favourite issue so far? This one, the yeah. sixth issue. Yeah. Okay, I cool. think it's just, like I said, everything just feels slightly more finessed, and not in a way that it's. It's definitely not clinical. It's still got a personality, mm-hmm. but it's just I'm a lot prouder. I think yeah. we've also with this issue dealt with bigger issue. Say issues one more time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've dealt with bigger topics. Okay. Um, it oh. feels like we live in really weird times. Yeah. And whereas in past um, issues, mm-hmm. um, we've kind of looked at cool women doing fascinating things, which we still yeah. want to definitely do. But I think to just ignore the things that are going on globally would be really irresponsible. And yeah. actually, it's stuff that I'm interested in. So yeah. like we had a piece on everyday activism, mm-hmm. 
and we spoke to Charlie Craggs, who's amazing. So, she's like a powerhouse. Oh my god, I love her. She was on one of our panels for the launch, and she she nearly made everyone cry. Yeah, she's amazing. Uh, so we spoke to her. We spoke to Sisters Uncooked. We spoke mm-hmm. to Carrie Ann Mendoza of the canary and just looked at how people can in their everyday life make a difference because i think people feel quite impotent and angry but they're not sure what they can do yeah so it's kind of dealing with bigger things like that and that's what we're going to continue to do in further uh, future issues okay that sounds really exciting because it doesn't look like the world's gonna chill out (laughs) so yeah exactly so that'll be really good um so how do you work on the magazine? Um, is it from your office? Do you guys, um, like you said, you meet up for drinks in the planning stages? Um, does it get sort of more and more turbulent the closer to print deadline you are? And um, sort of talk me through, yeah, how you physically go about putting it together. Yeah, then. so we meet up at the beginning and then uh, me and Charles will meet up with a bunch of the contributors or a lot of it, to be honest, is done over email. Yeah. And then, but then I do try and meet up um, with a lot of with as many contributors as possible mm-hmm. just to get you know so that they get the the brief properly yeah. they get the sort of angle um, and then I work on it one day a week and then around my other work and commitments um, okay. which is quite difficult but is hopefully going to change soon and I think if when you start things out there's like this Maybe this preconception that you should have this really nice minimalist studio with yeah. light and airy Plants and haggis everywhere. and whatever. <laughs> that's, like, that's not going to happen. It's a lot of hard work and the reality is that you have to do things Around late at night. Yeah, yeah, at lunchtime, on the bus. Yeah. And that's just the reality. But I think that's the exciting part of it as well. Yeah, do you sort of do the whole taking notes on phones like on the bus when you have an idea yeah, or like yeah. leave each other voice notes sort of things? I feel like that's how a lot of young women are working at the moment. Um, like you said, very kind of like almost DIY and on the go to fit around your life in that way. Yeah. I think, I think that's quite joyful in a way. Yeah, it's definitely. And I think it's kind of... Yeah, people don't work. Like, just because you're at your desk, nine to five, you're not productive in yeah. just in those hours. Like, yeah. life inspires different ideas all the time. Yeah, and definitely. That's, yeah, that's what makes something exciting to be part of. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's surprised you about founding a magazine? You said you didn't have specific experience in publishing before. What has sort of been the most unexpected thing to come out of it? I think... Um, people are pretty yeah. surprising <laughs> okay. in the best and the worst way like the contributors that we work with they always surprise me in terms of how far they'll go mm-hmm. and how much love and energy they'll put into it it's amazing and I'm, I'm like constantly humbled by how much energy and effort everyone puts in to get an issue finished but then I've also had like horrific experiences with people okay but that's and that's been really surprising in terms of like I didn't realise people were could be like assholes about just such tiny things. But yeah. that's also been um, a great thing because I think difficult people teach you a lot and they definitely they yeah they teach you patience and a lot of things about your character that you should harness and yeah. if someone's really mean to you then you should use that to galvanise yourself to do better and yeah. to show them that you're above it and also I guess it teaches you how it's kind of like a good way of seeing how you don't want to engage exactly. with other people exactly yeah, yeah. which you it's might not be aware of in other other jobs yeah. I guess yeah um, 
So what have been the highlights, um, both in terms of who you featured and um, what you've achieved? Um, in terms of who we featured, I do genuinely, everyone that has been in the magazine has been, like, we've, we've hand-picked them, so it's an absolute okay. pleasure to, yeah. to have them in. But then, like, a massive highlight, we had Gloria Sinem in this so issue. So good. Who's it's amazing. such a badass. Yeah. Like, she, but she was also so genuine and so um, given with her time and she so we met her in the apartment she shared with Barbara Nessam yeah. who's an artist and they lived together in the 60s dream the 60s. house <laughs> I know and they were like such dreamy dreamy women they had yeah and it was just really nice to sort of speak to Gloria she's yeah. been covered a lot and everyone's read loads of stuff about her but yeah. she to speak to her about friendship in that environment was amazing. Yeah, and sort of cast her through a different lens rather yeah. than talking to her specifically about her activism and things yeah. like that. Yes, you pull out different parts of someone's character that way, which yeah. is, I think, the highlight of the interview. Yeah, um, yeah, and in terms of what you've achieved, sort of what's been a standout um, moment? I think it's. I like love seeing it in random places. Okay, or I saw a girl reading it on the tube. And oh, I was that's like, so yes. nice. Because I often like forget that people are gonna actually read it. Yeah. You're so into it making it, and then it goes out, and you're like, "All right, next. What's next?" Yeah. Because you're stocked globally. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So there's just people on tubes in various other countries reading exactly. who you don't even know about. And it, yeah, and like seeing it on Instagram in um, like South Korea and so uh, Melbourne cool. is amazing. I love that. Um, what and what about the most challenging things? I guess you said people have been. I guess that falls into challenges. But yeah, I, I think money, like money, is a massive worry and issue. But I kind of try not to get too stressed about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's always a challenge. Getting enough money to pay for the print and pay people and supplies yeah. on time, and it can be really cha- very challenging. Yeah, and I think most people. I know that, that we've sort of done this podcast where money was the barrier that initially stopped them from doing it and yeah. they either got funding or found a way but it never stops it never goes away that problem yeah. it's, it's the challenge that most people say they have okay what couldn't you live without in terms of working on repast it, it could be a cup of coffee sort of late at night but it could be anything um, I think Shaz the uh-huh. girl, our designer she's amazing um, and Liv Siddle, I love Liv Siddle. She used to work at It's she's Nicer wicked. and now she does the Rough Trade magazine. Yeah, she's amazing. And she's like funny and her ideas are amazing and yeah, she's ace. Does she regularly contribute then? Yeah, and she's just like, I'll send her the long list of stuff and she's like, oh my god, that is so boring. <laughs> she's like, dry, dry, dry. So, sort of positive criticism, yeah, I guess. Yeah, so anyway. she's like my. Um, Younger, more fun sister. Who's okay. like, no, that's really shit. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Um, what's your essential advice for founding a magazine? Um, one, and then two, for being the editor of the magazine. For, for founding? Yeah. Uh, I think starting a magazine, you need to have a point of view, like what's your angle, what's mm-hmm. your tone of voice, what, what are you doing differently that someone else isn't doing? Otherwise, who's going to read your magazine? Um, and then, and yeah, how are you going to pay for it? Because I've like kind of come at it, uh, come at Repost from a real business side um, point of view. Recent, mm-hmm. more recently, like I want to make this work long term, and I want to do bigger things with it. And yeah. 
to, to get past, say, what, two or three issues, you're going to have to start thinking about money, like, quite seriously. Yeah. Um, Having an actual model. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, so I think that's really key. And then in terms of editing, I think you just, again, like, tone of voice um, and how you galvanise your team and, like, where you're getting your ideas from and where... I used to do this thing where after each issue I'd have like a month of super intense research Mm -hmm. but then I started finding that really stressful so now I just it's kind of like I'm always on but that's really good because then ideas come from all sorts of random places and you can't really like expect to be coming up with your best ideas in like a really set time time frame Um, so yeah like what's your how are you going to keep yourself inspired and where are you going to get your ideas from okay cool um Okay, so if you could sum up Repost magazine in one sentence, how would you describe it? <laughs> Sorry. Um, it is... Someone else said something quite good that I like. Uh-huh. It's a fascinating magazine about people who just happen to be women. And I think that's quite that's a really nice, nice way. Because, like I said before, we don't come at it from a super gender-specific yeah. point of view. Like, these women are amazing and they're doing fascinating things and the sort of gender is isn't always like the main driver yeah okay cool well thank you so much for thanks coming and for having to me. me about this so good and everyone go and check it out you can buy it in news agents and bookshops everywhere um issue six thank you danielle thanks <laughs> bye. bye that was danielle's big idea make sure you tune in next week for another inspirational story and subscribe on itunes acast or your favorite podcast app bye 